Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square in the land of Normore. In the fires of podcast doom, the Normie host forged in secret a master podcast to control all others. And into this podcast, they poured their takes, observations, and opinions on the one podcast to rule them all. It's Lords of November, an unexpected December, The Hobbit, an unexpected journey on normies like us. I'm looking for someone to share in I can't just go running off into the blue. I am a Baggins of Baggins. Why did you come back? I often think of Ag End. That's home. And that's why I came back. Because you don't have one. It was taken from you. But I will help you take it back if I can. You heard it up top. We are taking a very unexpected journey and talking another franchise in our franchise months-long exploration of Lord of the Rings. That's right, because now we're talking the prequels, The Hobbit, here on Normies Like Us with your host, uh, Colin Gass the Brown. All right, I'm going to go with what you threw me before the show. Mike the Defiler. <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah, Bill Joe Baggins. Nice. <laughs> nice. And this is uh, Jaco. That's what my dwarf name would be, I assume. <laughs> Jaco, son of Jill or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> son of Jloin. That's right. So we're talking The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, the first of the trilogy for Warner Brothers follow-up, like Colin said, slash prequel. Um, so, I mean, I guess real quick, like kind of what's your history with these movies? Did you see them in theaters? Um, Jacob, let's start with you. Well, I teased it last week, my story mm-hmm. of my first time trying to watch this. And actually, I was just discussing it last night with someone who was there. So mm. uh, back when we were in college, I think... Uh, uh, to, you know, whenever this movie came out, 2012 or something, um, we went to see it in theaters. I went with some friends, including some friends of the podcast, like uh, Cole and Andrew, who have been on this podcast before. And famously... Uh, Colin, I don't know if you were there. Yeah, and just for yeah, context, so. this was shot in 48 frames per second and had this whole 3D thing. Yes. It was supposed to be the future of cinema. Right. Uh, so we were all, you know, a couple of film students. We said, let's go see this in 3D, 48 frames per second. Uh, let's see what this is all about. Uh, Cole, who, you know, does, you know, cinematography and stuff like that, was very skeptical about it. But we went and uh, we went with some other people and uh, we started watching it. And about 20 minutes into the movie, uh, <laughs> our, my friends were like, uh, we can't. This is like making us sick. This is giving us headaches. Like we, we want to bail. So they wanted to leave. Uh, I was like, I was into the movie. So I was like, I wanted to watch this movie. Um, so they went, they went and ate at Steak and Shake. And then they came. And then I was like, okay, maybe when you're done with that, I'll, you know, I might want to leave. Because I felt like I was inconveniencing them. Like they would have to come pick me up later because I drove with them and everything. Uh, so I was like, mm-hmm. so I just walked out after about 30 minutes. And I was like, well, I don't want to. <laughs> but, and to that day, I never saw that movie full fully you know all the way through because i'd only seen the first half hour in theaters never gone back and rewatched it so wow. now i'm glad i finally have but wow. it was a very weird so you watched it for this. Up. yeah yeah i thought i had watched it before but as i was watching i was like oh i definitely have not seen most of this before except for the gotcha. beginning but it was just a very uh unusual i used to go to movies with those guys a lot and they would always want to they walked out of scott pilgrim too for some reason but <laughs> maybe they can come on and, and give their side oh, of the story someday 
Mm, yeah, maybe in the clear their name. Joe, how about you? What's your history with the Hobbit, Peter Jackson's Hobbit? Uh, I watched it last night. Nice. That's it. Okay. Wow. That's, that's the end. No, I did not see these in theaters. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it's any secret I was the most lukewarm on Lord of the Rings. I enjoyed those movies, but not enough to be on board for a sequel prequel trilogy. So no, I this this was my first experience. Gotcha, Colin. How about you? Theaters, in no ten, theaters. Yeah, yes, theaters. And ten years later, Joe, we should say a little more cynical than where we were when we were seeing Lord of the Rings. I think we kind of gushed and gushed about those films, about the cultural wrap up, um, how excited everybody was. Yeah, Mike, for this, you're talking about the technology. Really, the write-ups were, oh, you should go see The Hobbit. It's got this weird gimmick. And I just, God, I, I remember getting dragged to this thing and well, not having a good Well, I thought you didn't come time. with us, Colin, that night. No, I don't think so. I, I, I checked with my dad, and he said I, I saw the 48 with him. Uh, he must have been out of town, but it was it was interesting. <laughs> I, see, I mean, I, I didn't love the 48 frames and the 3D, like... The four, it was an interesting experiment, but it just looked like, you know, almost like a, when you have a TV with the motion smoothing on and like yeah. my family does this. Like I went to my sister's house and she didn't even know what motion smoothing was. And I was like, I can't watch movies on this TV. Like it's driving me crazy. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It looks fine to me, but it just makes it look like a, you know, like a soap opera or something. Yeah. yeah everything is it worth looks like explaining the, the sort of technique and the interest behind it? There were a couple people, Peter Jackson being the primary voice for this, going, you know, cinema could be pure. Ang Lee and I, we have this idea. Yeah, the human eye observes things at 24 frames per second, but that's not true and pure. We could bump those numbers up and really get immersed. You could see action clearer. Um, it was kind of a big case that, like, dialogue scenes would become like more dynamic and stuff but I, I i fall into the camp with jacob where it just looks like somebody's hit fast forward a few times and it's it bugs it's very me. strange yeah 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 now on the home video or whatever releases i don't think you can watch the 48 frames version even there's like a new 31 disc lord of the rings set that uh, chris was telling wow. us about you mm. can't watch the 48 frame versions at all so they're just dead and buried well, like the original star wars did they even mm. continue? Did even continue to do that with the second and third Hobbits? You know, we'll have to get aware. that information yeah. and find out next week when we jump jump into the desolation of it all. I but uh, for me, yeah. you know, I love Lord of the Rings. Like we did, uh, I said they're like my favorite movies more than Star Wars. But I didn't see this in theaters at all because of the gimmick wow. and because of some of the stuff we'll get into production related, the rumors and this and that about it's kind of having trouble and making it three movies, which I'll get into more. I never, never watched it. And then I finally watched it once on home video, never finished the trilogy. And then I watched a four hour fan edit of the trilogy. And that is my complete experience with this story. So there's a lot that I haven't seen. And unlike all of you, I am the sole um, masochist who watched the extended cuts of these and will be watching the yes. extended cuts. I had to pay well, out of pocket for those. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to watch the extended, but they make it really hard because I looked on. I thought these were on HBO. Only the second and third were on HBO Max. Strange. And only the normal version. <laughs> yeah. So, Unexpected Journey, I rented it on Amazon. But to get the extended version, I had to buy it for $17. Or you could buy the trilogy for $25. But I was like, I'm just going to rent the normal version for $3.99 and just be done with it. But And the extended yeah. version of this movie is only 13 minutes longer. So, is it really yeah. worth it? 
you know? they're, they're not. And the, the clock's in it just three hours. So these are not the, ex- when you think of extended edition, it doesn't really compete with the four hour, 25 minute return of the King or anything. They're, they're still fairly brief in comparison. It just shows how much they're stretching this to make an epic trilogy. But with that said, uh, should we jump into it? Maybe uh, talk a little history concerning Hobbits to get a chapter title from Lord of the Rings in there. And then I will jump into the movie right after this. In the ground, a hole in the ground lived a hobbit. Let's talk about him. We're back. We're talking the first one in the Hobbit series, An Unexpected Journey. And remember, listeners, your part took. One of your ancestors was even large enough to ride a full-size horse. Mm-hmm. We're Ooh, so Duke. happy you're writing it and listening along to us. And he invented golf. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. Should we say here, you know, history, we, we, we did in the, in the big fellowship episode, kind of knocked out our Lord of the Rings background. Mm-hmm. The prequel here, Tolkien, we, we talked about J.R. a bit in those past episodes. Go back and listen. Again, we have to mention this is the story before the story. Just kind of a tale, a, a bedtime story. He, he created for his kids a classic adventure story, just on the road, having fun. Um, not not something you might split into three parts, but we'll talk about that. But but do you guys have a history with the story itself outside of also the uh, we should say the Ralph Bakshi and the uh, the uh, uh, what what are their names? Uh, Rankin Bass. Rankin Rankin Bass. Yes. Animated. Yeah. Um, I read the book as a kid. Like you said, it's it's a children's book he wrote for his kids. You know, basically, it's just about you know your average English kind of person who likes chilling, having to go on an adventure. It's kind of an allegory for like you know going out your front door and having an adventure, grand old adventure. It's very fun. It's a short book by comparison to Lord of the Rings, and we are calling these prequels. And this was not written as a prequel to Lord of the Rings intentionally. It was going to be a standalone thing. And yeah, then Lord of the Rings was written as a sequel to this. Yeah. Yeah. So the way the movies are positioning themselves as prequels is kind of not in the spirit of the original book. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll deal with that as we go. But I love the story as a kid. I love that cartoon. It's got some of the great songs. South Park parodied it. And um, yeah, I, I was looking. I'm looking forward to seeing how they do the rest of it, considering I've only seen maybe half of the footage that made it into the final cuts. I, uh, I also read the book as a kid. Unlike Lord of the Rings, uh, we just had a copy of The Hobbit at home and it's an easy read like you know it's like basically a children's book uh i never saw the uh, rankin bass i actually looked up mm. i looked it up when you guys talked about it and i was like oh i recognize the hobbit like what how he looks in that and i was like okay that looks mm-hmm. familiar Brown but i don't face. remember it yeah uh but like the book, a cabbage patch kid yeah the mm-hmm. book you know it's a, it's a good book it's a good children's book uh i enjoyed it yeah joe you ever read the book or see the rankin bass I, I had seen the cartoon. I think I mentioned in a previous episode, like I hated that cartoon because it was uh, <laughs> a, a, a staple of like, oh, last day before a break in Catholic school for me. So I was mm, they play the Hobbit. Wow. not there for it. Um, no, I didn't read the book either. So I, I went in as clean as clean could be, basically, with a half forgotten okay. memory yeah. of a shitty cartoon and. Well, the, the stakes are... It's a great are, cartoon. I contend with that. <laughs> yeah. But we're not talking about the cartoon. <laughs> with the book, I think the stakes are a lot lower than, you know, Lord of the Rings 
and they, he didn't have the world as fleshed out as in Lord of the Rings. But uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. not as deep. So I guess now looking at the translation of this into films to do a little bit of the production, you know, errata, get that out of the way. Originally, you know, Lord of the Rings smash hit, won all the Oscars. Of course, we want to do that again. We have The Hobbit. And then uh, Guillermo del Toro is attached to direct and he wants to do two movies, which mm. seems to, to make some sense, I guess, as opposed to three. And long story short, there's some issues with production. It keeps getting delayed. Guillermo del Toro loses interest. So now in the 11th hour, they don't have a director. Peter Jackson doesn't want to direct. He is forced to. And then the studio demands to make it three movies. So they're kind of laying, he said, they're laying the tracks in front of the train as they're going. They're rewriting the script and shooting like stuff they're writing the day wow. of. Right. It was a nightmare. So uh, compared production. to Lord of the Rings where they had, you know, a planned trilogy that they're shooting all at once and they had this all planned out. Now they're just like, oh, we got to stretch this one children's book into three movies now. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. But. Yes. And it results in them having to be like, all right, well, what's the ending for the first movie? We hadn't planned on having an arc end here. And they're, you know, speeding things up, slowing things down, adding stuff, taking away. It's a huge mess. And I, I don't know if there's extended DVDs that document every step of the way. I imagine they filmed them because it was such a good job, but I would need to watch those just to see this is what the alternate universe Lord of the Rings would have turned into, you know, like it could have gone (laughs) badly and it did go badly in my opinion, but we'll get into the movie proper, but any other production stuff that you guys know about with these or have heard about? Yeah. I just even wanted to say you have to, you have to point out the audience for this stuff because the audience for the book our dads yes. playing Led Zeppelin, you know, as we're in the car with the misty mountains Mountain. of the lonely halls. And yeah, like yep. it was nerds and stoners and losers. And when we say that that, that book, the, the light, playful adventure novel is getting translated into three movies. It is it is a book that is light on action and events, guys. So it, it really was an undertaking. I just wanted to underscore that. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I'm really interested interested to see the next two movies because I feel like this movie had about 75 to 85 percent of the plot of the book what? in this movie. When yeah. Gollum showed up, I mean, Joe, yeah. we had joked to you that you were going to see him again pretty soon. I didn't think it was going to be this one. <laughs> like we we blew our load pretty quick on the stuff I remember from The Hobbit in this yeah. movie. <laughs> right, right, right. And so I guess to go on of that idea too, this is a children's book that was light on action and stuff and pretty quick. Positioning itself as a forced prequel for Lord of the Rings, you're taking stuff from the Salmarillion and creating some new stuff and you're just trying to Warner Brothers kind of mandating, we need to make this feel like Lord of the Rings. When you read The Hobbit, it doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings. It feels like The Hobbit. And I think that's a big mistake is trying to match it to Mm. the Lord of the Rings level of epicness because... It's, well, so I think uh, not adapting the book as purely as they did the Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? I think they did a decent job of trying to extend certain like add action scenes where there wasn't really in the book and extending certain things. But I do think it's geared toward the, these movies are geared towards a younger audience than Lord of the Rings was, even though they're in the same world. I definitely it definitely feels like a lighter tone and a more uh, 
you know, geared uh, towards that, children. Is that because this <laughs> movie could technically be called a musical, Jacob, in that it has three songs? It, you wouldn't yeah. call it that if just the heroes were singing, but oh, the bad guy <laughs> troll also just does a little ditty that he just describes. Ooh. Like, I just invented that. That's just a little song I made up. Yeah, he did yeah. have a lot of songs in the book because, you know, he's, he's a linguist. Oh he would make songs for the kids because it's like you're reading a bedtime course, story and like, course. oh, the yeah. misty mountain. Cold. And if you haven't you actually know? read the book, you might be surprised by some of the stuff that are literally adapted from the books, like the whole wow. dwarves in the beginning singing, doing the dishes and all that. That's what Bilbo Baggins uh, they literally the sing book. that. Yeah. Guys, the I don't know. That, it, that's the moment where it goes south for me. <laughs> so that's so the moment that my friends wanted to walk right out, out yeah. fucking 20 in the middle. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. first yeah. scene is where it goes downhill, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we got Pretty the unexpected much. journey where we're treated to a kind of a Flash forward of Bilbo's life with Ian yes. Holm talking to Bilbo. He's finishing his manuscripts. I never told you the whole story. And it's like, all right, we're tying into Lord of the Rings. But then it's essentially, yeah, the story of there and back again. His first adventure with Gandalf and the dwarves. And yes. Gandalf shows up. It's time to fuck first, shit up. First thing to even hit you off with, when we're in that flash forward, Mike, as a viewer, again, having not seen this, I saw this one time in the movie theaters and was like, I'm fucking mm-hmm. done with this trilogy. <laughs> um, to go after now having observed these films, I go... What is the sequence of events? Where would Bilbo be in his life where he is so wistful? He's talking about these events. We know he's on the boat by the end of the third one, so yeah. it can't well, be this is after right before, Fellowship of the Ring. No, this, Jacob, that, those scenes are taking place right before his birthday party. You, you find out like the it's right – yeah. I think the hour before really the weird, 100th yeah. birthday mm-hmm. is that he's still blew writing his my book. mind. Just yeah. the idea of like, oh, hold on, hold on, guys. Let me tell you a quick story. It's like <laughs> wait, the wait. most epic thing that ever happened to me, but we right. got to do it before the cake gets here. And I'll tell you what, I've always – talked about Gandalf bringing the, bringing the fireworks. I totally forgot that uh, Elijah Wood makes a cameo in this movie as well. I, Crazy. When he popped up. I was like, oh, that's cool, I guess. Get that paycheck, um, brother. Yeah. Look, here's a, here's a not-so-unexpected reaction. I fucking hated this movie. Uh, I, I hated everything I fucking hated this movie. Um, as expected, I, as expected. It, it goes from, like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves with, like, songs and washy dishes and shit. To just mm-hmm. a cameo fest. Like, here's the problem. Uh, here's ah, my thesis yeah. on this movie. This mm. is not a movie. This is, they didn't mm. know the difference between filmmaking and content yet. What this should mm. have been is a piece it's of a content miniseries. It, that played before a, a theme park attraction where you get <laughs> some people back to, to do their sure. cameo roles and then you go through the Lord of the Rings ride. Uh, where yeah, you know where you're, an eagle the, picks you up <laughs> exactly like any any one of the fucking Harry Potter roller coasters it should have just been the barrel that. log slide yeah the barrel yeah. I would argue um, you can make a Hobbit movie that works as one movie not a trilogy with a bunch of added scenes and. Like, like you're talking about with these cameos. In the books, it's like, oh, Gandalf goes off to meet with his council or whatever. You don't see it in the books. In this, you see, like, mm-hmm. Saruman, Galadriel, like, all the big power players Elrond. of Middle-earth. Well, right? Elrond's in the book. Elrond, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fan service, too. There, there's a lot of fan service yeah. happening because they're padding it out and doing that. I can agree with Joe. And, yeah, I guess, you know, let's first, let's just say what I, what is good. And I think it's Martin, you know. I can't remember his name now. 
Oh, Freeman, Martin Freeman, Bilbo. Martin Freeman, Bilbo, Martin Freeman. Bilbo is good. I like yeah. Martin Freeman. You said Martin Bilbo. Like, who is Martin? Is <laughs> the director? Is the Spoiler dwarf. alert. The dwarf. I, I think we can all say Martin's good. Bilbo Sorry, is the buddy. only what? name I know from a new character. Oh, you don't know all the 14 dwarves' individual names? <laughs> right. Right. List them off, like, Dopey and Sneezy <laughs> and Sleepy and Stabby. No. Who can say the most dwarf names? Jacob, how many do you uh, got? Go for it. You know, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber, Feely, Keely, really Oin, Boffer is not going to pass for Boffer. Isn't there a Boffer? <laughs> yeah, there is. Bomber. Olin. And you got to remember Thorne Oakenshield, Dwalin. of course. Yeah. Oin, Gloin. Yeah, Balin and Dwalin are kind of your main two. The bald guy is Dwalin. Balin is the old white guy. They have more guy. of a personality than I thought. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm having a stroke the fat you guys one, just the young names. ones. <laughs> The one that's, I, that's Gimli's dad, that was kind of like Gimli. Yeah, yeah, my old the thesis for this movie. Limp Biscuit is one of their names. <laughs> yeah. My old thesis, like Joe's, is that um, the, the issue is it's just the character translation. You're happy to be back in this universe. It's just you don't have characters you want to grab onto like Gimli and Legolas. But, Jacob, you're saying you like these motherfuckers? Well, okay. I'm probably sounding like I'm probably the most positive on this movie. I didn't hate it. Okay, I actually Mike, did you like I it? I liked it better than I expected oh, to. But um Interesting. with the dwarves, here's the thing, right? They kind of they wanted to replicate the fellowship angle where they have this bond of this fellowship. But in the fellowship you had all these distinct characters, right? And they you could each one of them you could be like, Oh, that's Aragorn, that's fucking Boromir, blah blah blah. This one is yeah. like fourteen different dwarves. It's just fourteen dwarves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like only thirteen, sets. all right? God, yeah, it's not that many. But like there's okay. <laughs> There's Thorin Oakenshield, right? Who's like the Aragorn of dwarves, I call him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is good. Okay. Yeah. 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 You describe him as that, I know what character you're actually talking about, yeah. Right, so he's the Aragorn yeah. of dwarves, the, the king of the dwarves, or the, you know, but he's, they lost their home, obviously. He has the right to be king, yes. Yeah. He's yet to ascend, yeah. But I feel like, like Aragorn. they actually did try to distinctify these different dwarves in small ways as, as much as possible. Because like in the book, there is for like this many dwarves, and they all have names. Names, you can't really tell them apart but i think in the movie they maybe not for you guys but for me i thought i thought they did a decent job of trying to to make them distinct with their looks and their personalities this there was the mary and pippin dwarves who like both get introduced at the yeah. same time and look exactly like mary and pippin but they're dwarves. Well, one of those guys oh, is gonna have yes. a, a love romance angle one. with a yeah. with an elf later so they're get ready so for that. human looking what's oh, okay. it can i yeah. a real quick <laughs> yeah. fantasy question to our guru mike before he answers whether or not he mm-hmm. likes this uh, i have movie. a take on these dwarves i tell you um Mike, as a fantasy man, are just to get this out of the way, are dwarves bigger than hobbits? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're slightly a little larger bigger, but they're than both hobbits. shorter they're than a little taller. Yeah, 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 yeah. A hobbit um, is like a, a small child. A dwarf is like a medium-sized child. What's a halfling? So it's yeah. like a two-thirdsling. Is, <laughs> yeah, is a, dwarf. a hobbit is about three and a half feet tall. A dwarf can maybe max out at four and a half, five if they got good genes. But I think that is a problem with the dwarves. Is some of them look. Like n- normal humans, and some of the like, two ridiculous. Hands address this. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is important because in dwarf culture, according to Tolkien, you'd be laughed out of the building if you didn't have a sick ass beard. Right. And then you have Keely, who's the cute one, who's right. going to get our love arc. It's like, what are you doing? No one has <laughs> sick beards. Right. Like, you look at the dwarf lords from the the prologue of Lord of the Rings. And then you got these. But if you idiots, compare it to thing, yeah, if you compare it to Fellowship, they're like trying like 
Feely or Keely, one of the... He's like Legolas. He's like Legolas. Yeah, he yeah. even show him shooting he's arrows. He's the cute one. Yeah. 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 Like, we need yeah. a cute bow guy. We need a Aragorn type, and then the rest of them are kind of just undistinct dwarves. But well, this entire movie, and as we go forward, you'll see the parallels, and I'll point them out. Is basically a shittier version of Fellowship. You get yeah. a group together in the Shire. You leave the Shire. You go to Rivendell. You fucking get to a mountain. You know, it's it's right. the same thing and the stakes. for the dwarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say the fucking mm. dwarves. I hate the tone. It, like you, it feels like there is no reverence for this culture. Like the mm. dwarves are represented as a bunch of fucking idiots <laughs> that you would want to have nothing to do with. They're rude. They're shitty. And then they'll take one moment to sing a somber song and then go back to being <laughs> fucking morons. I hate spending time with mm. these characters except for Thor. They love eating food. They're like the Animaniacs. Like, they, they come through, like, a storm, and almost yeah. every supporting character who's an adult and tall is like, I don't want to deal with these idiots. Like, yeah. get them out of here. They hate it. This is the goofiest fucking movie I've seen in a long time. And I don't mean that, like, like a goofy movie where it's good. Like, it's just, like, the tone was awful to me. Like, I... Well, it's I, geared... Again, it's geared towards children, and I think it, it is... It must be. Was this for children? from the books. I think it was supposed to be. Okay, but I mean, the, it was the, the in the first right. like two minutes. That's like well, that's the thing is they have to reconcile the, the violence of Middle Earth in Lord of the Rings with the more childlike tone of this. But in the book, like they show up at Bilbo's house like that and like eat all his food and shit. Like that's yeah, like the cat in a hat, right? <laughs> like just yeah. there. It's like, just, but I wouldn't want to explain to my kid what Azeroth the Defiler means. I'm not. I'm not. That was added. That that's not in the book. I don't think. Like okay. that. There's He's no from Defiler. The oh, okay. He was like dead a thousand years ago. Or but something. they needed. They needed another villain to like give it some well, action and some stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is just like with the that lead Urukai being the main antagonist right. of the fellowship we needed to just do that again so right. we're going to do it with azog the defiler for thorin it's literally just remaking King. fellowship yeah, which we can get into all how he looks cg and all that but yeah but you yeah. can't you, they couldn't reconcile the children's book that they're basing it off of yeah. with the tone of lord of the rings right and you can't have it both ways they could have no. made a kids hobbit movie yes but they had no interest in doing that and that's why it's tonally so fucking crazy I totally and agree. it's just so goofy you. it's all and over the place yeah, and Mike, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, it's a shittier fellowship. Look at the stakes of fellowship compared to this. So, you know, Frodo, there's this ring, we have to destroy it, you know, all, you know, good versus evil, all that shit. In The Hobbit, it's like, oh, Gandalf thinks Bilbo is, like, boring and he needs an adventure. So, he's mm -hmm. just like, all right, you're going to join up with these guys, you're going to go on an adventure because you need some, some, like, spice in your life, basically. Which, and, like, I that's the stakes. Yeah. yeah. I think in a children's book that works, you know, like having it's a character fun, show yeah. up and be like, Hey, you need to get out of your shell. I'm teaching you a moral. Cause this is a children's story mm -hmm. in a movie. It's just like, wow, I fucking hate Gandalf now. Like you ruined <laughs> yeah. Gandalf for me because he, like, I, yeah. I guess I don't want to get serious, business. But you gotta think Walking you guys had like some sort of experience with this before, right? Like you knew, like Jacob, you had at least seen the first thirty minutes, so you knew. Well, you I knew the plot like of the book. Goofy moments, like you. Well, knew I knew you were going to hate this movie based yeah, on the first it, twenty but minutes. But keep yes. in mind, Joe, <laughs> all of our first viewings of this gave all of us headaches. This film has a very hard battle it's fighting right now. <laughs> well, here's what I would argue: yeah. it actually gets better. Like the beginning of the movie is the worst part, and once you actually get on the adventure, it does pick up the pace a little bit, and I think it gets a little better. 
I think if I'm gonna keep on this, yeah, this fellowship versus the unexpected journey thing, it's like even just opening in the Shire, it's like it doesn't feel cozy the way the opening of Fellowship does. Like they're literally trying to do the exact same thing. It just doesn't land. And it does pick up, you know, when they get to the adventure, but they have a bad habit of overstaying their welcome in every single scene. Well, yeah, that's like of the movie. They have to yeah. pad everything out. So, like the troll meeting scene, which you know was a story in. Uh, <laughs> like so I want to hear Joe's takes it. on some of this stuff. Yeah, what about the cooking trolls? It, it was like that. It was cute for like five minutes. By the time I'm in the 30 minute mark of that scene, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Are these the bad guys? Is is this movie about trolls showing up? Eat like, them. You talk about the stakes. I don't know what the stakes were there of this movie. Like, I don't I right. don't know what was happening. The overarching goal is the dwarves are trying to get their home back, which has been, you know, captured by the dragon Smaug. Uh, Dragons love gold, and they had a lot of it. He went in there, burned Lake Town, and they want to get their home back. But minute to minute, it's just... How, how about things like the Ark Stone, Mike? Like that on this viewing was blowing my mind. I was like, oh, wow, they have to have an item to anchor this franchise on, like the ring. But in the story, that's them getting their home. That's It's not some magical thing that I, I don't know anything about. Is that from the Cimmerillion or is that from The Hobbit? I think the Arkenstone is in The Hobbit. It's like the king's jewel. It's just the, how they prove that it's divine right. Like, oh, we, ha- we have the rock. It belongs to the king. So the, the, the A plot is we need to get the home back. The B is like Frodo going on an adventure. And the C is Thorin wrestling with, you know, oh, my, my grandfather went crazy. My dad went crazy. What if I go crazy? Yeah, I'm, That's I'm kind of the main arc. Yeah. yeah. Sad King. Which yeah. Like, again, Hermitage. a lot of that just seems like like you've been saying, a hard rehash of uh, fellowship. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the decision, like, you know, to extend everything, like, let's go back to the cooking scene, it's just, it ruins any bit of good. Like, I appreciate Sad King in doses. I appreciate Bilbo thinking of home in doses. But when everything's stretched, even with the trolls, they have a big-ass battle and then get captured anyway. There's no battle in the book. Right. They just that's argue was, about how they're going to cook them when the sun comes up. Yeah, that's it's what I wanted to say deal. about the uh, troll story. It's like, it's better in Lord of the Rings when he's just telling the story of it and then you see the, there's the scene yeah. where you see the stone trolls in Fellowship. In this, it's like, yeah, the whole thing gets dragged out because they had to add more action into it. So long, And the man. number of times that they die... If one of those trolls pick them up, crush, your head's dead. Right. When they fall off mountains, you're dead. The right. storm giant fighting, they're dead. The, the, the amount of bullshit they survive compared to Fellowship, it's just egregious and gross, and I hate well, it. And, and there's no stakes, because you've, if you've read the book, if you're familiar with the story, you know none of those dwarves are going to die in that scene, right? I also don't give a shit yeah. about all 14 of those yeah. dwarves. Like, you just don't. Yeah. Like, if, there's no relationship. If you told me they were so bland because th- at the end of this movie, eight out of 14 would die, I would have expected that and understood <laughs> it from narrative storytelling with how little no, no, I liked or understood these dwarves. But yeah, at the end, I'm like, oh, great, we're all still here. Uh, <laughs> well, gangs all back together. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah. you know yeah. how, like, the Muppets have, like, you know, electric mayhem? 
They're like all the characters who are not fucking yeah. animal or yeah. her or Jelly. No. Like they're just no, no, no. the people it's there. It's the Muppets you can't name, Joe. You're exactly right. Yeah. That is the cast of this movie. Yeah. But then every time Kermit as much as, uh, shows up for 30 seconds, and yeah. they're like, "This is Look, I recognize him. But even though I am Bonzo got his rubber chicken, here it is in the background of a scene. As much as I am shit talking to the doors, I actually like them. Uh, <laughs> Amazing! Yeah, why they go to Rivendell and they funny. just are like, "Fuck food here!" I want to dance the on the table. They're so disrespectful. I know that was yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't a great scene because they're like they're like smashing furniture and like burning it and stuff. I'm like, why? I don't know why they're doing Mike, that. But show say, your <laughs> map to this old man. He's maybe one of the only people who can read it. Yeah, fuck, fuck you. you. But what do you know? It's like old man. No, but that I'm fits with the Lord of the Rings, where yeah. you know Gimli and Legolas hated each other at first, yeah. right? Because the dwarves and elves oh, historically. And Here's a, yep, <laughs> and there's an extended thing here. So in the prologue where they talk about the fall of Erebor, mm-hmm. they cut like mm-hmm. a 30 second sequence that shows the the dwarves with a chest of mithril, and then the elf king like coming over to it, sure. and then they close it on him, oh. and they're like fuck you, and they're like, oh, that's what started the rift. The elves say one story, the dwarves <laughs> say another story, and there's conflicting on what really happened. But to cut that out that explains like why they hate each other makes no sense. Yeah. Especially the, for how the, long the, the dwarves. It's only 30 seconds. Yeah, just leave it in. I think the, door, the dwarves are interesting, though, because like I said, they're they're based on the Jewish people of Europe who were displaced from their home, right? And that's right. what yes. happens. Uh and it's kind of a historical allegory in a way, but um, I will need to leave the fondness of gold at the door. <laughs> yes, with that. yeah. There's also just there's taking some the We are yeah. using our trinkets, whatever we have left. Thorin's been mm-hmm. working in a pub for like sixty years or something. It sounds like to get enough money to hire this guy who can get us across enemy lines and get us back our birthright. Like Mike said, this endless yeah. supply of treasure right. and money. Which um, I think is a compelling, eh, it's compelling great story. Great narrative. Yeah. No, because it's, that's, that's what I like. That's what works, but it's just, there's too much around it. But yes. you have a hobbit who wants to stay home. He gives that speech at the end. Yeah, I, I do think of home, you know, and that's why I came back <laughs> because you don't have one He's, and I'll help you take it back if I can. That's probably my favorite moment is that speech. And that's I the liked, most Lord of the Rings feeling. Yes, yeah, and the Thorin... Uh, Bilbo relationship where at first Thorin doesn't understand like why are you even uh, here cold. like what do you add to the party but you know he uh, he's got a big heart he's a small guy with a big heart right well you're and he's the one yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I it's a children it's a children's story you know if you look at it, it from that point of it's view it's not a children's movie so we it doesn't get a pass I think it is a children's movie though. No, it's not. Not with Azog the it Defiler. But there's it some stuff be. in there, it's like Radagast the Brown movie. riding on his sled of rabbits and shit. Of like, rabbits, <laughs> you're so right. Well, I want to do with this I real quick. About that. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll get there. Disgusting. Oh, God. We'll get through the plot, too. But just while we're still on the dwarves at all and saying it's for children, do you think children like how these characters look? I'll be honest <laughs> with you. This is a film that was nominated for Makeup Award. I don't like looking at half of these characters. I like the one that looks like Gimli. He acts normal yeah. in my mind. That's Gloin, son of, father of Gimli. Great. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> Gimli, the one with the like Friar Tuck hair, who's There's also weird a doofus with the yeah. mustache, or the one who's got to put the horn in his ear. Get him out. Get all these characters out. Well, if you compare the the more (laughs) realistic looking dwarves of Lord of the Rings, and now you have all these ridiculous looking, like the big fat one that's like ridiculously fat. Yeah, it's like some of them just just, don't look human. I mean, they're not human. Yeah. 
They're not, yeah. but it's just <laughs> the idea that this is the guy who made the trilogy of like, and I don't even mean just the makeup versus CGI because we're we're gonna get into the Defiler and and what ended up happening with that character. I'm sure, but just the mm-hmm. idea that this is the guy who was like, oh, you know practical everything's got to look real the makeup effects you know just the layers and, and things that we can do well yeah. how should our our lead of dwarves that, that are going to be the linchpin and stars of your new franchise what should they look like eh, rejected roger rabbit cartoons <laughs> yeah like just a mix just whatever yeah. you want but i think some of them yeah. look good like thorin looks fine the uh Ballin and Dwalin, fine. But like you said, True. some of them are just ridiculous. I don't know which yeah. ones you're naming. <laughs> Ballin and Dwalin, dog. The there's the bald one and there's the gray-haired old Dwalin. guy. Yeah. The I think that's Dwalin. Graham McTavish, and he is maybe my favorite one. Yeah. Graham McTavish is Dwalin. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do but like I, that The one. names don't matter. <laughs> no. They matter um, to me. Yeah. It's like we're just going to take the character creator and <laughs> max the sliders out yes. at random. Yeah. And, there and you go. ears on this one, Mike, and white hair, and that's one. Okay. This one knows. It, it almost, yeah, it almost feels mustache. racist. No, if you yeah, look at Gimli in Lord of the Rings, they're just supposed to be short guys yes. with like beards and hair and shit. Like they're and not. And maybe redheads. Yeah. It yeah. seemed like. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not these freaks. They're not very distinct, <laughs> but they tried to. Even in the book, it's like probably hard to tell them apart. They don't. You can't. Only, you can't do so much with fourteen characters. So it's yeah. like. Well, what what, what was their options? Like cut out some of the dwarves and then just have it not be accurate and, to the book. And you know what? And I, if from what I remember from the That's Rankin Bass too, Mike, is it not true that all the dwarves are represented as exactly the same animation, except Thorin isn't wearing a helmet, and he's like the one that talks to Gandalf. <laughs> mm. There's like, there's like pairs. So it's like Feely and Keely, Owen Sir and Glowen Sir. Like, so there's like, <sighs> like visual duos. And it kind of simplifies it, because yeah. then you just have to think of sets of two and then Thorin as opposed to that, that would be 13 individuals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still say they did a you know. decent job of trying to... You can't defend it. <laughs> you keep saying that, but then agreeing with us. I don't know. It's it's yeah. a hard task to even try to make these... Like, making these into three movies was a mistake from the first place. Like you said, yes. that was studio saying they wanted three movies. Um, I yeah. think they... Like, again, I think they could have made a good Hobbit movie that's one movie, two yes. and a half hours long or whatever, fine. Uh trying to stretch this material out is just not not going to work wasn't ever going to work right no yeah and another production note is you know peter jackson is essentially making these with a gun to his head <laughs> with no time to do pre-production because warner brothers say if you don't direct it we'll just find some asshole journeyman to right. do it so peter jackson loves middle earth so much he doesn't want that to happen so he's basically killing himself to make these yeah. there's a ton more green screen and CGI, cgi in these than yeah. lord of the rings because they didn't have time and that's the other thing is and that it suffers because of I it i would have loved to see the guillermo del toro version weird uh, you know he mm-hmm. would have bought his own spin to it rather than just getting peter jackson just making these because someone has to you know it would have just been a hobbit movie not this yeah. studio tie-in i think that's why he left he didn't want to do yeah, that right. you know yeah this this was a cash yeah. grab and it felt like one like there's no way around yes. it it felt like a cheap cash grab or they didn't care tonally how it was all over the place it didn't matter because you're gonna get no. morons to come to the theater and be like oh see it's frodo elijah wood i remember a decade ago i was interested in this yeah Joe, you're 100 dead on that's the best way to look at these as an audience is lord of the rings 100 was a labor of love from everybody involved this is a cash grab and it's made in desperation but at the same time I, it uh, feels like it i can't totally hate it because i think uh they could have been worse. And I think they did try to 
Like Peter Jackson tried to make these movies good. And there's an attempt was made good in them. Yeah. I think I yeah, would love that cut Mike watched where it's just four hours. Uh, Jacob, did this one leave you excited to see the rest, like the uh, uh, the other Lord of the Rings? Well, it's like no, knowing there's <laughs> knowing there's two more. I'm just like, uh, and I know the next one yeah. is called The Decimation uh, of Smog. It's going to be mostly you also about smog. Know that it's like it's like the one where they're like. It, we had to make three. It, right. We just can't finish well, the, the story. Yeah, this is just going to be the third one. one the battle of five feet. armies. Who are the uh, five armies? What are they fighting over? I assume <laughs> the next one's going to be all about the dragon, and then the third one's right. all going to be about like the battle for Erebor or something. I'm not really sure because there's a shitload of treasure in there. Yeah, so right. Groups want it. That's what they. So fight they're going to defeat the, the dragon in the next one. I'm guessing, and then you're going to have the witch king of whatever and and all this stuff so who knows <laughs> whose but. story is this great question right well it's bilbo it's like bilbo is the frodo thorin is the aragorn so you could say who you know lord of the rings was an aragorn as much as as frodo right so thorin mm. has the aragorn that was part. my complaint of return of the king i'm, I'm with it. joe on this this one it, it just i think these whole movies are going to end up disconnecting from the the point of it especially once we start splitting up and more elves get involved i'm i'm very nervous <laughs> evangeline <laughs> hey, lily man. Uh, i'll be honest i i am you know, excited it's not the right word but i'm not like bummed out to keep watching them because at least now i know you know what i mean like I didn't know what curiosity. to expect. And then what yeah. I got was like trash. So it's like, okay, well, at least I know <laughs> that these are going to yeah. be like goofy Disney movies inside of a brutal fantasy universe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm expecting to like this one the most because it has most of the plot of the Hobbit in it. Right. Um, the other two, I'm not sure what they're going to be about. So I'm excited to see, to like find out. But again, I feel like other than like the barrel racing or whatever, in the book, like most of the book has been covered. Like they did Goblin Town, they did they went to Rivendell, all that shit. So I don't know where they go from here. To the desolation. Well, I don't want to spoil Yeah, <laughs> true. Which is the name of a location, by the way, before I continue. It's a it's oh. a very cool name of a space. It's the space that he decimated. That is the desolation of Smaug is an area of uninhabitable oh. earth. Oh, I anyway, didn't realize that. That's... It's like Chernobyl. It's very yeah, that's cool. Crazy. So get ready for that next week. At least it's a cool proper noun. But for this uh, unexpected journey, I do want to talk about one scene that is a, a standout. And when I'm looking at these movies, I feel like there's only two scenes that Peter Jackson actually really wanted to direct. And one of them mm. is Riddles in the Dark, where we find the ring mm. and we get Gollum. Joe, you get Gollum back. What do you think of Riddles in the Dark? Very true to the book. <laughs> yeah, the riddles are right yes. out of there. Read the same way. It's, mm. it's a good scene, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, no, it it works for me. It definitely does. But my problem is like, look, I'm not a kid who grew up on The Hobbit. And like, I just watched all three of these movies. I enjoyed them. Now we are like a decade later. I don't, I don't know. It just feels so cheap to me. It just feels like, like I'm waiting in line to go on the Desolation of a Smog coaster. Mm-hmm. And this is a scene that's playing on the TV while I wait in line where they're like, look, we got, you know, Andy Serkis. He's back. He's doing a little scene as Gollum. Watch it. Like, they literally did that with the Harry Potter kids. They came back for the 
mm-hmm. fucking right. bank roller coaster. Oh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think that was a good scene. But again, like if I was watching an animatronic I, golem say it like in a waiting queue. Hobbit, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's how I, it felt uh, like. That's what this should have been to me. It's like, it's like a fucking... You know, interactive I mean, it's based experience on a, it is on a, a corporate cruise product, ship. though, more than it is a movie, Joe. You're right. It feels like a True. ride. Yeah. I would say I, I thought that scene, the Gollum scene was great. Um, I, I, said, like I have to say scene. I'm team Gollum because and this is a take I've had since the book. But what have I got in my pocket? Not a riddle. That's Bullshit. Just, that's not a riddle. Bullshit. It's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. The way that they're going back and forth, because when he does the teeth one, Jacob, I'm like, oh, Smeagol's kind of got a brain still going on <laughs> mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. This is pretty good. And then riddles. Bilbo pulls out some like third grader bullshit of <laughs> yeah, what's, well, in, what's my in my pocket oh the ring you stole from me you fucking jackass <laughs> yeah uh, let me guess something that's mine <laughs> yeah Gollum was totally in the right i mean you know bilbo stole his ring and then bullshitted him and then escaped with it so he did just steal that straight up and, and when you see the look <laughs> on his face though when he puts it together right. like what's in its pockets like it's looking in the water My it's precious. so good it's so good yeah um, i love that scene and, and well Bilbo you say you know like you say it's a cameo fest throat. but i thought yeah. the cameos were some of the funnest parts because i was like oh that's someone i recognize from lord of the rings mm. oh that's yeah, someone that, i recognize that's just falling for the product jacob <laughs> that's, that's what star wars that's product. all star wars is now right so like how is yeah. star wars different yeah, it's, oh, that's it, Luke Skywalker. Not, I recognize him. It's worse because yeah, of it. No, those are the, the least favorite of my Star Wars movies. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, like in the so Mandalorian. And, yeah. We should say it's it's been 10 years. There's more than three computers working on this film now. What did you guys think of Smeagol's actual look? Um, I thought maybe kind of to the kid point you're making, Jacob, does he look cuter than he does in the Lord of the Rings films? Maybe. I mean, this is maybe, like, this is 60 years before Lord of the Rings, so he's less, like, demented at this point, oh, maybe. Hagrid, yeah. 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 He's still so. got his, his face <laughs> a little bit. totally dried out yet. He's singing his, yeah. his fish song oh, that he loves to sing. Fish. The reprisal. Yeah, I love that yeah. song. So good. <laughs> I think it holds up. I think it's the best looking effect yeah. in, the, in, the, in the movie. Because oh, Goblin yeah. King looks really bad. Some of bad. the other, yeah, Goblin King looks bad. Azog the what's his Defiler. name? Azog the Defiler. Bad. Not great. And I think the worst part of him is that the other like orcs and stuff are practical and they look like the orcs from Lord of the Rings. And then you have yeah. this like general orc who's clearly CG yeah. playing like, against general them. And it just, Grievous yeah. just walks out Jacob like a smooth white robot is like, and did you get them? I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, and so that doesn't work at all. Like the warg the, the wargs have bad. always been like CG, but they yeah, but they didn't look great in Lord of the Rings either. But um, they do look better yeah. in Lord of the Rings. They had practical ones that, like John Reese Davies would lie under. They built a couple of the maws for close-ups and stuff. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like Jurassic right. Park style. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think the CG just also because they rely on it so much, like because of time, it makes this feel cheaper. You know, and, and less genuine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks awful. Mm-hmm. As, like yeah. even the the other wizard. The goofy wizard. Radagast, uh, yeah. <laughs> Goofball. Radagast the brown. Like him, like, uh, you know, riding his sled through the forest just looked like trash. It looked like yeah. really bad. Well, that's like, like the, the very, Indiana Jones truck, kid, trucks like, race from Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That looks like, yeah, that's meant for like 12-year-olds to be like, oh, 
shiny thing. Give twelve year olds more credit, dude. It's for like five year olds. You know what I think? Uh, yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about how in the last episode you were like, "Well, Gandalf's an angel." I was like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And then watching this, I was like, these are the, this is the other angel? Like, that yes, guy fucking They're more like sucks. demigods. They're kind of like angels well, or demigods. Let's lay it out, too. <laughs> I hated them. The Hobbit ass, Bilbo says, <laughs> in human are there form. other wizards? Meaning, are there other angels? And Gandalf's response is, there's Saruman the White, he's our leader. There's two the blue. I don't remember their names. <laughs> yep, right. and there's me and well, that's a, The blue wizards is a reference to because... Tolkien never named them, I think, so that's oh, kind of a okay. reference to that. They're just the that's other funny. blue wizards that are away, and then there's Radagast the Brown. I didn't love his look in this movie, and it's maybe kind of accurate to how he's described, but they could have made him like a little less like goofy looking, I think. He, he, he doesn't even <laughs> make... He doesn't make an appearance in the book. Gandalf just says, right, and then right. there's Radagast, who's my cousin. But I like the idea he of him, where up. he's like... He's the forest guy. He loves animals. He's the forest hermit. He's got bird shit on his head. I love him. Let's say (laughs) there's a detective subplot that a man being pulled by a chariot of rabbits discovers a knife that ghosts can use Mm -hmm. and this freaks out all the elves in this world. Yeah. This is the stuff. This Again, I'm positive none of this is in The Hobbit. And no, this is all is like yeah, Silmarillion type stuff. Well, it's Connecting all, I'll tell it to you what it is. Right, yeah, it's, it's this like, well, you know, we got to have in the background that, you know, Sauron could be lurking. There's got to be a reason that like Gandalf doesn't know what's going on 60 years from now. It's like, I don't give a shit about that. You don't have to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. I actually like that stuff. I mean, I'll tell I you don't. what it is. Jacob, do you like when Han Solo gets his dice? Cause that's what that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. No, no, because it's, it's showing that the world, like the world is getting darker. Like Sauron is growing to power. Like yeah. it's, it's to me, it's more like uh, Star Wars prequel stuff, like, like, em- like Senator Palpatine, you know, before he becomes the emperor or whatever. But, and I like the idea of Radagast being the forest hermit guy, didn't love his look. Uh, I do like the idea of him riding on a sled pulled by rabbits. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, I mean, oh God, Dude, yeah, riding on an elk. Man on an elk, fucking rabbit sled. Yeah. Let's get more animal shit going on. But um, well, here's the thing: Radagast is like what if they adapted Tom Bombadil in Lord of the Rings and like put him in there literally how he is in the books? Like it would have been ridiculous. So they, Peter Jackson was smart enough to be like, that's not going to work with the plot of with the pacing and everything of the movie. So they didn't do it. Yeah, and a lot of like time. hardcore fans still complain like, oh, what Tom Bombadil, man? He's you know he's in the books. Yeah, who the fuck is Tom Bombadil? <laughs> you don't, you don't even know. He's <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings. But, um, Who's Tommy Bahama? Tommy Bahama. He, to, Tommy. Yeah, he's forget. like the Doctor Who Tommy of Doyle? the Lord of the Rings universe. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, he's he's like this character that shows up for one chapter that has nothing to do with the yeah. overarching plot in the book. Uh, and some hardcore fans are like, oh, they didn't literally adapt every single thing from the book, so it's not good mm-hmm. or whatever. But no, it would have ruined the pacing of the movie. Yeah. Um, Radagast, you know, I appreciate that they tried to do something with him, but I get his function really as like this is a a woodsman uh, wizard, but he does have to discover the necromancer and then tell the other wizards because this is a prequel to Lord of the Rings, not just the Hobbit. And I I don't like it, and that's why you get mm. Saruman and Galadriel, which I like seeing her and stuff and. Soromon's yeah. like, I don't like Radagast because he does mushrooms. And then he's talking. <laughs> he's always getting high. Yeah, and he talks to him yeah. like, yeah, oh, smoking cool, weed. Man. He's Soromon's straight yeah. edge, dude. He's not about it. Yeah, yeah the best scene. 
the best Radagast scene is when he's all he's freaking leaf. out. It's so yeah, the super crit. It's so good. The scene where Radagast is like freaking out, Gandalf is like, "Calm down, take a hit of this <laughs> shit." Take, take, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. take a hit of the old Toby, hey, man. I can't remember. Yeah. My, my eyes crossed. Smoke this my funny? weed, and you will. Yeah, yeah. I love that scene. Chill, fam. Okay, <laughs> fuck out of here. and again, it's been ten years for uh, Ian McKellen as well. Someone we pointed out the first film nominated for best supporting actor for that performance, mm-hmm. uh, and this one. I'll be honest with you guys. I googled whether or not he had died from COVID because I was unsure. Oh, and no. I, this one, I was like, "You just you, he looks he just looks sad and bad in these movies." <laughs> he did look know. a lot older, but I mean, he's he's an yeah. older guy now. But yeah. um, and he's still alive, thank God. I think yes. it's fine because you know he's like reborn in Lord of the Rings. But here's my problem: yeah, you're not true. very true. You're not taking a character like you do in the Star Wars prequels with Anakin and showing like, here's who he was before the fall. You know what I mean? Like you're not learning anything new that explains why he is the way he is. It's just, oh, let's take a character and you're going to see him without any of the character development we gave him in the previous story. And we're not going to give him any in this one either. So, Mm. you know, here's some some half-assed weed jokes. He's more of a supporting character. And in the books, he kind of comes and goes from the group and he's doing off doing other stuff that's kind of not seen meeting with important figures and all that. So you kind of see some of that in that book in the, in the, in the movie. So I kind of like that angle. Yeah. I mean, they, they, that's where they kind of added the runtime was like, okay, so when Gandalf goes away in the book and just shows up later for Deus Ex Machina, let's just show all of that shit. And the fan edit that I watched, they had the Hobbit cut into four hours, then an hour and a half movie that was just Gandalf and the Dol Gador learning about the Necromancer, dealing only with the fan service characters. And it's like okay. content. That's oh, another thing. Yeah. Doesn't, that was pulled out of is. the other yeah. one otherwise? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. That is interesting. Because yeah. the Necromancer I mean, is Sauron, right? But that idea is never brought I, up. Like, we don't know he's Sauron in the Hobbit book. It's sure. just like, oh, there's a guy doing stuff. So, right. Well, you don't know who El like. They don't really even know who Elrond is in the Hobbit book. He's just like an elf no. king. Or he whatever, does read but. the map to them. But uh, so adding that Dogador and that Sauron's lurking and whoa, why are the goblins coming down from the mountains? Like that ruins any of the good stuff in this movie. Basically, well, I problem. think it's like, what are you expecting like- out of it? Because, I, like you said, they try to have it both ways. They try to make it a prequel to Lord of the Rings and a its own standalone movie, being the Hobbit. But what would you rather have, you know? Guillermo del Toro's not two a Hobbit children's movie, movie the, uh, not a children's yeah. book that's not a children's movie because this yeah. is I, I, it's not a children's movie. It's just not. I think it is. Like, I think it is. To, I, I would say to Joe's point too about the stuff I'm with of the, Joe. The, <laughs> the the prequel Star Wars stuff. It's an interesting position to be in because despite the fact that the Hobbit came first and it does have implications and an impact on the Lord of the Rings story. This film feels far closer to a solo the Star Wars story than a Phantom Menace in you, my opinion. You literally see, mm. you know, Aragorn's sword and oh, here are all these characters that you didn't know before. It's it's yeah. Yeah, it does. Which right. is, you know, I like solo, so I'm not saying that's a bad thing about it, but no, anyone who's no, no, talked no. shit about solo, like if you like anything in this, I don't want to hear it cuz it's the same thing. Mm. Well, but at the same time, like it is adapted from material it's not like they're just making it up right so right they couldn't they could only do so like they can't change the story of the hobbit too much you know yeah they but can what, i don't care that it's adapted <laughs> like, I, I, but don't. Other, I mean other people do yeah there. but the thing there. is is 
they're adapting two different books that have served two completely different functions and they're putting them together. Selma Raylian is more encyclopedic, almost historical, right? Telling these are the events that happened on this day. And then you have a literal children's book. They're trying to do both. And you have a guy named Azog the Defiler. It's not a children's <laughs> movie. I think it mostly is. That it just has darker elements. But then you have really childish scenes like the Goblin Town and stuff. It's like, who else Goblin would this be for but children? But it's also so oh, gross. For nerds. Like, like the <laughs> it's, Goblin, it's, it's not fun scary. It's like, it's just, I guess. it's gross looking down there. It's yeah. and, and so, it's not a kids movie. Like and, like the, the most brutal thing in any Lord of the Rings movie is in the opening of this, where you know uh, dwarf Aragon's like, and then they beheaded my dad in front of me and threw it at my feet. Like it's not. That's you, true. You, you but at the same time, decapitates an orc. Gonna work. But I also think that yeah. most of the action is like very bloodless and very non like no one really gets hurt it's not very violent looking aside from some of the beheadings i guess but like compared yeah. to lord of the rings it's much less like like brutal and violent to me i mean but the so goblin it feels king, more child oriented right the goblin king says yeah. what are you going to do gandalf and he says let me model this behavior <laughs> for your children and cuts his neck and his belly open <laughs> yeah, but he's like a, a virtue <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. And then to Jacob's point, uh, again, the troll like, scene—you know, negotiating being eaten and everybody's kind of having a jolly laugh about it. That—that's so kiddie. Yeah, that's, it's yeah. kiddie, yeah. but it's—it's. It's, there's a difference between kiddie and cringy. It's cringy. It's yeah. just bad. It's <laughs> just poorly done. It's supposed to be for for nerds, guy. <laughs> like not to be that guy. To me, I, it's supposed to be for people. And stoners, like, I think it's supposed to be for. <laughs> It's supposed to be for children, and then the the parents or the adults that bring the children have some things for them too. But I, Man, I still I say die it's mostly on this children. Is not a child in America who was remotely interested in seeing this movie, <laughs> less so after it starts. I, I think Joe's yes. right. Are you uh, sure? Like, I'm on board with Joe. Absolutely. I mean, no all the cushy doors and stuff. I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah. They don't. What do we do yeah, for again, the next like, Oh, we saw the Hobbit. You're watching yeah. the Labyrinth. <laughs> Shut up. We're not watching the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, right? really. Ten year old. You know, right before you were born, your mother and I were really into this thing called the Lord of the Rings, and we we watched those. And obviously, you grew up like the kids wouldn't have any context for it unless they had read, no. like, unless they had a parent who had them read that book. Like, there's there's but just most no kids like kids don't care about like the plot of movies and stuff. They just want to see some like shiny stuff on cool screen. Shit. And this is, you know, it's it not all that shiny, and it's two hours and 49 minutes. It's like, say, no fucking way a kid they is made a movie, movie because, sorry, uh, saying they made this movie because they think their audience is too stupid to care if it was good. <laughs> that's not a, an endorsement, Jacob. No, yeah. I guess, you know, I agree with most of what yeah. you guys are saying, but I still can't totally hate this movie. So I'm kind of in that camp, I guess. Before we go to that's final thoughts, what do you like about it? Let's start with Jacob. Like any anything yeah. Yeah. positive, right? Let's, let's not drag it all the well, way through the, the mud. Yeah, the elements that were adapted from the book are some sometimes good. And um, like I said, I think they made an effort to try to do make the dwarves distinct from each other as much as possible, at least some of them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Bilbo is great. I think Martin Freeman is like a great casting for a younger Ian Holm, right? Uh, looks a lot like him. And uh, I, you know, it's like it's like a Star Wars 
you know, it's like Solo, but I like seeing all the cameos and shit. Like what the meeting mm. of Elrond and Galadriel and Saruman is like, oh shit, that's all the fucking uh, power <laughs> players <laughs> from <laughs> the last movie, right? So that's fun to me, but I can agree it's not a good movie, but it's it's it was entertain it hold, held my attention enough that I watched it. <laughs> okay, okay. So any any positives you could say? Yeah, no. Like, look, I know I said a bunch of negative shit about this because I do think it's a bad movie. It's cash grab. <laughs> it should have been something else. But all of that said, I thought some of the action was really fun to watch. I did enjoy that. Uh, some of the like. Stuff that we're saying is kitty or cringy does work for me. It just goes on yeah. too long, but I do like some of it. It has a D&D feel to it. And now that I know what I signed up for, I am excited to see these last two movies because wow. at least I know what I'm getting into. And uh, that might be a tonally confused piece, but at least I know that's what <laughs> to is. expect. Mm-hmm. And I can be along for the ride which this was intended to be all along. Gotcha. Nice. I'm not, nice. I'm not super. Uh, I'm not super excited for the next one. I'm not a huge Benedict Cumberdragon fan. I hate uh, it. <laughs> There's not a word in the sentence like, "Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays a talking dragon." I hate every word. And in once that sentence. he, I and will the, talk his about his face it is like Doctor modeled off of his yet. face too. Which we'll is, get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is we'll, we'll not that there. movie. But he did get credited as the necromancer. I don't think there's a line. I think he mm. just breathes, and they gave Benedict Cumberbatch the in credit this for one? this. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. Doing that. some more speech, whisperily. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, favorite parts? I like I like Bilbo. I, I like his kind of heart. You know, he's he doesn't want to go on the adventure. Reluctant hero, and him and Thorin. You know, it's a little on the head with Thorin. You're a piece of shit. You know, it's like okay. <laughs> yeah, but I like Bilbo and that speech specifically when he's like, you know. It's about, I didn't want to leave my home because it's comfortable and you guys don't even have one and that sucks. So I'm going to help you get yours back. I love it. I love that moment. And yeah, that's yeah. the good that's wrapped up in all that extra bullshit. How about you? Say something nice and then we'll get the last thoughts. Yeah, I'm still reviewing these on Letterboxd, obviously. Yeah, the last three, I think, all got five stars. This was a three-er. That's not bad. That's no. still a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's a Peter Jackson movie. Um, uh, the the framing inside uh, Bilbo's apartment when they're eating all the food and the pantry's empty. The camera starts uh. in the back. It's in this weird little shot. Pushes back further to show how empty everything is. Uh, come on. Only Peter Jackson would come up with that stuff. And he's hiring um, New Zealand actors. A couple of the dwarves are from fucking Meet the Freebles and have been part of his cabal or cadre of actors for that long. That's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, for That sure. is really cool. Nice, yeah. Well, that's that's it. That's the nice stuff about the Lord of the Rings and Unexpected <laughs> Journey. So let's go ahead and jump over to final thoughts. We'll see. Uh, there's no telling where your feet will take you. It's a dangerous business walking out your front door. That's right. We're back. We're wrapping things up here, giving our final thoughts on this special months-long celebration of all things Lord of the Rings and our first installment of The Hobbit, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Um, And we're going to give those final thoughts, but the podcast isn't going to end, listeners, until you can answer this riddle. What is in my pocket? 
What is in my podcast? Do I want to know? <laughs> what is in my podcast? <laughs> what is it? You have yeah, something leave, in your... us, leave us riddle reviews. That will be the new game, you <laughs> bastards. I, I did that a ring like, in your um, pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I do like um, uh, Gollum's answer when he's like, what's in my pocket? Hanses? Are your hands in your yeah, pocket? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. That could count. It's like, well, Gollum, yeah, Gollum was coming up with some pretty good riddles, actually. Like, you wouldn't yeah. expect him Did to. Did you guys but... know the answers to any of them live? Did you figure them out? No. No, I'm not as smart as I've Bilbo, seen him so many times from the cartoon <laughs> that I knew him, but the sure. uh, horses on a red hill, the teeth one, that was not <laughs> the in a, the animated. The, so. That one, Mike, I hear so much. And then that, that old riddle that people used to tell in fiction of like, this guy tells the truth, the other guy lies. From the Just labyrinth. fucking kill me. Kill me if I'm ever in that situation, Mike. Fucking blow my brain. I think I understand I it. I less. But I can't explain it. Yeah, that's in the labyrinth. Right. Impossible. One of us tells the truth and one of us always lies. Bang, bang, you're both dead. Get <laughs> yeah, out of the yeah. way. What'd you learn? <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Um, so, The Hobbit, final thoughts. I guess, can I just jump in on my final thoughts? Please. Because I was yeah, very big on Lord of the Rings. I was saying, and I'm going to kind of retread this quickly, re, it's just a redux of Fellowship. Slow open in the Shire. I don't want to go on an adventure, but I guess I will. Interlude in Rivendell. They end up in an underground city, Moria, right? But Goblin King Town is just worse, <laughs> Moria. Right? And then that's yeah. the final battle. Mithra. And then you have another final battle where Azog and that Urukai show up. Right. And then you're just Party like, splits. well, where do we go next? Yeah. And that's, yeah. it's the remake of Fellowship. It's just the worst version of it. And I, we'll have to see all three of them. But right now it feels like even if it is acting as a prequel to the Lord of the Rings, it's so unnecessary because you pop in Lord of the Rings and you get Kate Blanchett doing that voiceover. You're good to go. I don't need these extra scenes with Dolgo Door. Just great. show me Bilbo's journey. That's what I want. But we got two more of these things. So we'll see what happens. But, you yep, know, that's my final thoughts. Nice. Um, all right. For I'll, me, I'll, you know, I'll go for it. Yeah, Jake. I was going to go positive, I'll, negative, positive, negative. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's yeah, do if that. If you want to go negative, then I'll go positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you said it's like a, a remake of Fellowship. It's new Coke. It's not a movie. It's a product. Mm, love that. Uh, Damn. This is, it should have been 45 minutes of footage that people online scramble to watch because it's all of the added screens and waiting cues from an attraction <laughs> at Universal. That's what it should have been. It should have been a 45 uh, I wish minute I wasn't special. watching the one where a dad swearing in the background in line, Joe. <laughs> but for real, like it, hey, it yeah. should have been a 45 hey, minute long special. It was a little ahead of its time, I think. I think this would have been prime uh streamer exclusive limited event uh in a different world you know but what we end up getting is a okay i guess i don't know it's goofy as fuck at least i know what i've signed up for and i'm ready to go on the journey with the last two Mm, unexpectedly nice (laughs) truly um you know joe i i can see where you're coming from, but I can't get behind. Uh, the Hobbit should have been adapted to be a video that you watch before getting on a theme park ride. I think that probably would piss off a lot of uh, <laughs> Tolkien fans. Um, <laughs> but I do think you know, making one two-hour movie, yeah, instead of three movies, I I can get behind that. Uh, cut out, you know, cut Azog the Defiler, cut everything with him. Totally pointless. Uh, 
you could definitely streamline and make a decent Hobbit movie, I think, with some elements of like prequel Lord of the Rings stuff, but not too over the top. So I guess I'm the most positive about this because I can I think there are good things about it and I was entertained the whole time watching it, but it's not definitely not a good movie, I say. Like I would agree with you, Colin. I think it's a three stars out of five stars type of type of thing. I I'm not super excited about the next one. I'm interested because I haven't yeah. seen them before and I want to see, you know, what what all is gonna happen, but I think this one might be my favorite. Well, I haven't seen the other two, but Right now, it's your favorite. (laughs) You're assuming it's only going to go downhill from here. Next one's going to be rough for Joe because it's the most dragon heavy of the of the three. Yes, dragon. And it's a talking dragon with Benedict Cumberbatch's voice, which is already like the most annoying thing in the world to me. Um, Let me just say, Peter Jackson. I'm sorry they did this to you. I'm going to look the camera on YouTube, Peter Jackson. I'm sorry they made you do this, and I see you trying. And thanks for getting cool, at least man. some good stuff in there. Okay, uh, thanks. <laughs> and I watched your Beatles documentary. I thought it was great. There we hey, go. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, and given my final thoughts, Jacob, I went back. I watched King Kong before this Ooh. one because I thought oh. it might be important to see where his work's at before going to this. Too long, dude. Jacob, you're so wrong. Too long. This no, film. No too long. Lovely Bones. Too long. I've never seen The Lovely Bones, but I'm assuming it's not long enough. You know what movie is uh, not too long? The Frighteners. Yes. Thank mm, you. The best and Peter Jackson point film. Out, it's streaming. Go. Go watch it. Now, I've got the solution for all of us, guys, and I've got to go back to the Star Wars metaphor one more time. Let's not do Phantom of Menace. Let's uh, not do Solo. Let's make this that animated Clone Wars movie. Let's just do an animated two-hour Hobbit that's like great voice cast. You know, Peter Jackson directs an animated movie, which he's never done before. It's halfway there. Most of the movie's CGI is ridiculous. It's yeah. like the Princess Bride. Ian Holmes like starts writing, and then you're in yes, cartoon yes. world, right? Yes. And you bookend it. Yes, and it would have been just a couple that. years after Beowulf. The technology would have been a little better. <clears throat> yeah. So here's yeah, what I'll I do. Think that would that I'll take worked. the beginning with Ian Holm and the end with Ian Holm from the third movie, and I'll put the Rankin Bass cartoon in the middle, <laughs> and then everyone will be happy. <laughs> well, I think they should model they, if they did that. They should have modeled Bilbo exactly like the Rankin Bass Bilbo. Yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah, but Colin, yeah. any other final thoughts? That's brilliant, by the way. No, I, you know, I. Um I was happy to watch this again. I remember, again, putting up the fight to watch this because you're at that cynical age. I, I think, what what was this? I was like 20-ish at the mm-hmm. point, 22 to maybe, 2012, right? 2012, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... I, and it just, again, the cultural response of Lord of the Rings was... My mom knew what it was. People were shopping for each other. Everyone had seen it, listening to the Enya CD, you know... The one time I felt like I was home was when The Ring came out and that Ring classic score started. And I thought, okay, this is that movie that I remember liking a ton. Not not this movie. Yeah. Uh, one, one more note for me, too, before we get out of here. Speaking of the score and the music, there's mm. because they're rushed, a lot of recycled music. Like at one point, The a Ring lot. Wraith theme plays. And that is like in a Tolkien language. It's specifically talking about (laughs) the kings and the ring rates. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense contextually for that point in the movie. It's just, we had no time. Fuck Warner Brothers, dude. Yeah, it's like 
Mike, it's like the one series you can't cut corners with, isn't it? This yeah. this whole franchise. And it's truly like just how you presented this one getting made. It's just... It was Why doomed from the start. Theme. Yes. Yeah. It was doomed from the start yeah. with all the truly. studio uh, interference. And if they just would have gone with Guillermo del Toro, let him put his own vision on it with Peter Jackson producing, I think it would have turned out better. Hobbit. I'm yeah. making spooky <laughs> like hobbit. Azog dates Bilbo at the end. They kiss. <laughs> Hideo Kojima spooky. could have had a cameo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. friends. Um, Joe's right. It's a cash grab. And uh, it's fitting that it was doomed from the start because we are currently on our journey to not Mount Doom, but the lonely mountain <laughs> of Erebor. But it all ties together because the ring that Bilbo has came from Mount Doom. Uh, so, so did this movie sorry. trilogy. Two more to go, fellas. Unexpected uh, November? No, unexpected December. Desolation. The yes. Desolation Blues. The Desolation of your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> desolation. Cowboy Bebop. Truly. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, let us know what you thought of The Hobbit, you know? Yeah, like we said, rate, review, subscribe. Leave us some riddles. I think that's a, a funny thing to do. Leave us <laughs> some easy-to-solve riddles, and maybe we'll get back to you on uh, air and read and, and solve some of them or something. Pockets but, uh, are rate, review, limits. subscribe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't you ask. Don't you dare. Uh, no. Check out our YouTube. Subscribe there. Helps us out, too. Yeah, I appreciate it. I guess uh, running out hosts. Yeah, we've been your host. This is uh, uh, Colin the Defiler, I guess. I'm oh, Mike. I, I, I hate it. I'll be um, Mike and Shield. Bill Joe Baggins. This is Jacko. I'm one of the 75 dwarves. It's Jacko and Slacko and Flacko. And- hey, I know what Sneezy does. I definitely know what Jacko does. <laughs> you know That's what Smokey does? Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, Dormies. Have a good bye. one. Go hit the old Toby. Catch you next time. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!